Hey you, yeah you over there. What are you doing? Just wasting away? That's it. You're now a member of the paranormal police. No, you're not a juggalo. That's actually the sound of a police siren. You might be a juggalo, I don't know. But anyways, it doesn't matter, it's a police siren. You are now a member of the paranormal police. And we're going on some investigations, baby. We're gonna take a look at six different situations that the paranormal police may face. All of them real, asterisks maybe, all of them reportedly real, all of them we will be involved in, and yes, this is an interactive adventure on the Halloween special of Dead Rabbit Radio. Bad boys, what you want, what you gonna do? Oh, when they come for you, tell me, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. This is the Halloween episode, so I also hope you're having a safe and spooky Halloween. Now, today's going to be a long episode. Yesterday was a long episode. Tomorrow, there will be no episode. I'm going to take a three-day weekend. Just to let you know this as well, on Halloween night, so October 31st at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I'm going to be doing a live stream on YouTube. So join us over on YouTube and ask me questions. We'll be talking. I'll be walking and showing you some of the spooky parts of Hood River. Now, when I say spooky parts of Hood River, I mean the spooky parts of Hood River from point A to point B because I want to be leaving one party as I'm headed to the Sundiver album release party at the River City Saloon, which I invite all you guys to come to see as well. But we're going to be walking through Hood River. You guys, feel free to ask me questions. We're going to be talking, stuff like that. I did a test yesterday of the live stream, and it seemed to work. The audio quality was okay, and I will try to take... I, I know I can take the audio from the YouTube and turn it into the podcast. I don't know how compelling it would be because a lot of times the questions are popping up on the screen, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I don't like, I, I always consider this show more of a podcast than a YouTube channel, but YouTube offers me that live option that podcast doesn't. Otherwise, I would, I would prefer to do it on both or podcast on first and then have a transfer. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. That's, that's neither here nor there. But I want to invite everyone, no matter where you listen to the show, October 31st, 8 p.m. I'll be on live stream, and if you miss it, like I said, I can upload it to the podcast, and it'll be on YouTube as well. Apparently, there was some controversy, because I showed my face, and people are like, oh, you're exactly what I thought you would look like, and other people are like, you're totally the opposite of what I thought you would look like. My my Facebook profile it gets linked on the show notes. You guys have had a year and a half to see what I look like. It's no, it is no mystery to how I appear, but apparently, that was the case. So, if you're curious... With, I, I had a friend, Earbud, actually said, don't show your face, bro, because people have a, an idea of what you, you look like, and it will throw them off. And I, I, I've come across that, too. There's a lot of YouTubers that I've never seen their face, and then when I see their face, I'm like, ah. It doesn't ruin it for me, but it def- definitely makes me see them differently. So if you want to keep the mystery, don't watch the live stream. If you want to know what I look like, you could have found out after the very first episode when I posted my Facebook profile on there. Let's go ahead and get started now. We're going to hop in the police car, bro. Bad boys, what you want? What you gonna do? And as you're getting in the cop car, you're like, are you going to sing that song the whole time? And I go, you damn right I am. That song is an American tradition. 
Don't mess with Inner Circle. Bad boys. But I can't sing it too much because then I'll get a copyright violation. Okay, so get in. Get in the car. We both have on our police uniforms, our polyester blue police uniforms. We're going classic with this one. The old uniforms, not the all black uniforms they have today. Hurry up. Get in the car, dude. You're making me do this long intro. You finally get in the car. You're a little mad that I yelled at you. <laughs> Start the car. Apparently, we drive a out-of-service Hot Wheel car. <laughs> There's no car that makes that noise. <laughs> Maybe a dune buggy that's tipped over. So we're driving this car. I didn't know why I didn't come up with this. We're driving the Jason Jalopy. We've just slapped a siren on the top of it. A big Ecto-1 siren. So that... The intro's taking way too long. Okay. Just pick a number between 1 and 6. Let's get started. I'm the grumpy old police officer. And you're the young, fresh-eyed recruit. Where are we going today, Jason? Are we going to fight any bad guys? Yeah. We're going to fight the the bad guys of alcoholism and my ex-wife. Okay, maybe not that dark of a cop. And anyways, let's just get started. I don't know why this is taking so long. Pick a number between one and six, please, so I can start. Okay, you have your number between one and six. It's about time, rookie. We got a call. We got a call to a Thai food restaurant. We're going to a Thai food restaurant. We're going to Windsor... Wind, wind, wind sore, Connecticut. Wind sore, Connecticut. I know that's not how you pronounce it. It's May 29th, 2019. We get a call to a Thai restaurant. And we walk in and I'm like, I'm going to take two orders of your spiciest food. And the guy's like, yes, sir. And as they're preparing it, we're looking around. I wonder why they called us here. It doesn't seem to be any ghosts or anything like that. And the guy brings out the bowls of the spicy, spicy food. Sets them on the counter, and I push them both to you, and I go, eat, eat it, rookie, eat it. We're hazing you today. You have to eat the spicy, spicy food. I'm putting extra spices in it. I brought spices from home. <laughs> Gotta eat it, bro. So you're eating it, <laughs> because what are you gonna do? You're basically a fictional slave. You're doing what I say. <laughs> you're eating this food. You're like, I hate this podcast. I'm not listening to it anymore, as you're crying. And I look up. And then I kind of nudge you with my shoulder. I'm like, hey, rookie, rookie, look. <laughs> As I'm nudging you, more spices are falling, just sitting on a shelf or falling into your food. I'm like, look up, look up. And there's like a black liquid dripping from the ceiling. And you're like, he's still eating this stuff. And you see like a drop. And it's dropping like right behind the counter, right? And that's when you look down and you realize that you thought there was some soy sauce on your... Thai food, but they're actually, you can match, <laughs> apparently, you have the eyes of a CSI computer. You can match the fluid, the, <laughs> the color of the fluid dropping from the ceiling to the color of the fluid in your spicy, spicy food. And as you can barely see through your now swelling eyeballs, you're like, it matches the same compute, compute, same liquid, <laughs> viscosity matches. What had happened, this true story, by the way, this just happened, is there's this Thai restaurant and they it's called the Siam Corner, in case you're interested. Had, they noticed that there was a black leak on their ceiling right behind their counter. And they're like, well, that's weird. I wonder what, what's going on there. And then one day, and then one day, a bunch of guys in biohazard suits walk through the door. And we're in there. You're eating your spicy food. We're investigating this. A bunch of dudes in biohazard suits show up. They're like, lock the doors. No one in. No one out. Contain the plague. And you look over at me, and I'm now wearing a biohazard. 
hazard suit. I brought one with me. You're still eating the spicy food. <clears throat> the black colored spicy food. You're like, what? <laughs> the biohazard suit guy's wrestling you to the ground. Get down, get down, spit it out, spit it out. They're giving you a stomach pump. What it was was that around the same time, someone did a welfare check on an elderly resident or a resident. I don't actually know the person's age. Above the Thai shop was a bunch of apartments. And this dude died in his bed and for three days had been rotting and basically liquefying and dripping through the floor into this into the Thai food restaurant. Now, there's no indication that anyone got served, like got served food with, with dead man drip on it. However, I'm sure at least one person, like, cause that one little drip going and then like the little CGI, the little CGI drip falling slowly to the ground. Headed towards a bowl of delicious pho. So if you pick number one, the next time you go into a restaurant, the next time you go into a restaurant, you're going to get a delicious helping of whatever food it is. Soup, pizza. The next time you're eating at a restaurant, you'll be looking up at the ceiling. You don't see, you're waiting for that drip. You're like, oh, I picked number one. Something's going to drip in my food. That's what this is going to be, right? And then all of a sudden, oh. <gasps> You get possessed by the spirit of the leaking man. And you feel yourself fighting for control of your body. But you're too weak. And then you climb up the building. You leave the restaurant and then you climb up to the roof of the building. Or if there's an apartment above the restaurant, you just (laughs) sign a lease. Sign a six-month lease with them. They do a credit check. It takes a little bit longer. But if it's just a one-story building, you climb up on the roof. And then you die. The ghost basically blows your heart up. Like a balloon full of blood, and then you die. And no one will discover you for three days until you drip into somebody's food, and the circle of death is complete once more. I thought you were just going to eat a rotted body. You become a rotted body, and you become something somebody else eats. How back in the cop cart. So if you pick number one, you're not back in the cop cart. You're just rotting on a roof for a while. You, though, rookie, get back in the cop car. You're like, oh, my stomach, dude. Can we get some, like, Pepto-Bismol? No. You're being hazed. You gotta eat that spicy, spicy food. I even brought you some takeout. So I ordered some to go, and you're like, eating more as I'm driving down the road. But I'm teaching you to be a better cop. I'm teaching you the rules of the street. Let's go to Paris. Over there, that's what their sirens actually sound like. I, I don't know that. I see that in movies. I'm assuming that's true. Here's a question for you. This is going to be a long episode, by the way. Here's a question for you. If the Statue of Liberty and the Eiffel Tower got in a fight, who would win? And before you go, that's stupid. The Statue of Liberty would obviously win. I think you have to figure, I don't know how tall either of them are. And yes, the Statue of Liberty, if it came to life, has like flame. But it technically it doesn't. It just has a weapon in the shape of flame. And it's hollow. But the Eiffel Tower, I'm pretty sure, is bigger. And even though that's kind of hollow, too, has it, it ends on a giant point. Like, where would you hit... Basically, the Statue of Liberty versus the Eiffel Tower would be the equivalent of a human trying to fight a triangle. Like, there's really not much to hit a triangle. So we'll see. YouTube comments email me. Which one would win? Like and subscribe if you enjoy that question. Which one would win, Statue of Liberty or Eiffel Tower? Anyways, oh, dude, and then while they're fighting, the Leaning Tower of Pisa is, like, coming over the horizon, being like, I will defeat the weakest one at the end of this battle. 
Anyway, so we're in Paris, France. It's a long episode. It's a Halloween episode. It's October 27th, 2019, so just a couple days ago. It's a 9.30 p.m. showing of Joker. The good, but not great, movie starring Joaquin Phoenix. I really wish it was great, but it was enjoyable. So anyways, people are in here watching Joker, and he is dispensing his own brand of bizarre justice. He's just kind of shooting people in the face, but anyways, he's doing this thing. Joker's doing this thing, and we get to the theater. Come on, get out of there, and your your stomach really hurts. So I was like, come on. We have to go. We're going to go see a movie. You're like, can I use the restroom first? I'm like, yes, you can use the restroom first. But then afterwards, come out of the restroom. So, I mean, obviously, you're not going to stay in the restroom forever. You might, considering how much Thai food you ate. But, okay, after you're done with the restroom, I have two giant bags of popcorn. And I'm like, here you go, rookie. No, I'm just joking. So, let's you have, like, you be. I have a balloon fetish. I'm just trying to fatten you up by the end of the episode. So, we walk into the theater. We're coming in halfway through the movie, and I'm being super loud. I'm being as tall, making myself as big as I can, like I'm fighting a bear. So I can block the projector, just to be a jerk. I don't have to do that. It has no relevancy on the story. I'm like, Aah. I make, this is how I'm hazing you this time. I'm going to get up on your shoulders to make myself extra big and make you walk me to my chair. And then eventually, after I ruin a good 10 minutes of the movie, we find our chairs we sit down. So now we're sitting there. And I go, oh, dude, I have to pee. So I get back on your shoulders and you walk me back out of the theater. Arr! Making bear noises the whole time. But in, anyways, after I'm done peeing and you walk me back to my chair, we're sitting in there. And at that point, the real story starts. The story that we're here for. There's a guy in the back of the theater going, it's political. We were like, what? Like, that's weird. Couple minutes pass, then then the guy goes, "It's political." <laughs> what is going on? People start being like, "Dude, shut up! We're trying to watch this movie." And we already had this bear man show up. We're trying to watch this movie. Quit! It's political. People are like, "Dude, you really, really need to be quiet." And people are starting to get really agitated. And then the guy jumps up and says, "Allah Akbar!" And people flip out and begin running out of the theater. Now, a couple people run, and they tackle this dude, and he's able to squirm his way out of their grip. At this point, people are saying, he has a gun, he has a gun, he has a gun. And the dude jumps out of this group like this melee that's going on surrounding him. Other people are jumping over seats and trying to get out the fire exits. He's able to get out of fire exit, takes off into the Parisian night. Eventually, he is arrested. And when the cops arrest him, and when everyone's trying to make sense of what happened, turns out... That this guy is known for doing this. Now, it's actually quite clever. This is a scam he does where he he's done this on a train too. He'll jump up and say, Allah Akbar, and everyone freaks out. And then he has an accomplice who steals all the cell phones and purses left behind by the people running for their lives. So to be fair, that is a pretty good scam. Like, I can see that happening. It's also a terroristic threat. In the United States, you would get a really rough sentence for that. I'm sure I'm sure Paris law is pretty similar. What I thought was funny about this, the theater at the time when this guy jumps up and screams Allah Akbar and someone else is yelling, he has a gun, he has a gun, which is most likely the accomplice. The theater was packed. It, it holds about 400 people. It had 200 people in this theater, which is bigger than I think any theater I've been into in years. 200 people in this theater. 
25 of them immediately jumped up and ran for the fire exits. The other 175 people stayed and watched the movie. And they just kind of turned around and (laughs) a fight breaking out behind him. Someone's going, he has a gun, he has a gun. And they just turned back to the screen and watched the movie. And the management, management for the theater had this to say about the whole incident all around. Quote, the movie attacks a specific kind of viewer, notably people who are against the system. There have been minor incidents in other theaters. So basically, they're like, it's a Joker audience. You wouldn't understand. Like, this is something that happens when you go to see Joker. So if you pick number four, if you pick number four, you're going to wish that you had picked number one. I'll tell you that. If you pick number four, you go into a movie theater in Paris showing the movie Joker. You walk in and you're like, I know if there's a bomb threat, I know it's going to be fake. I'm totally fine with that. I mean, it's not the best way to end my afternoon, but but it's going to happen, right? You walk into the theater and you sit down and you're waiting for the movie to come up. But the movie doesn't start right away. What happens instead is everyone else in this theater, so there's another 199 people you're going to show up. They're all cosplaying as the Joker and they're all doing a really, really bad job of it. They're all like 15 years old wearing purple suits trying to say, you know how I got these scars and they're getting the quotes wrong. You want to know about scars? One of the kids says to you. Another person goes, scars, how do they work? And you're like, oh my god. And then the doors get cemented shut. But every day, people throw food. (laughs) People throw food in the theater so you don't starve to death. And water rains down. I don't know. This is getting bizarre. The point is, is that you live forever in a theater of people who do bad Joker impressions. I would rather rot on a building than be trapped with a bunch of Joker cosplayers. I don't have a problem with one Joker cosplayer, but 199 of them for eternity, that's pushing it. Let's go ahead and move on to our next dude here. So we're hopping in the, let's hop back in the Jason Jalopy. We're going to a place of an unknown origin. So basically where the wrestlers come from. Whenever there was wrestlers that were supposed to be mysterious, what was the name of, like, from Parts Unknown. We're going to Parts Unknown, right? We're just driving through the timeless void at this point. We're going to drive to this place. Now, this is from Reddit. So we're going to Reddit, Illinois, or something like that. Reddit had a thread about EMTs, like medical professionals, cops, stuff like that, having paranormal experiences. So we're going to visit a couple of those throughout this episode. This first one is from a Redditor named CompSci2000. I'm assuming that, that, tell me that does not sound like the most exciting username ever. I'm not a huge fan. I, I actually got banned from a, uh, uh, what is it, a subreddit recently. So I'm not a huge fan of Reddit to begin with. I got banned from the podcast subreddit, or they were blocking my post would probably be a better way to say that, which I guess is banned, so whatever. Reddit sucks. But anyway, so just promote my show on Reddit for me because they won't let me do it anymore. We're going, CompSci2000 was an EMT. He's an EMT, right? And we're EMTs now, so jump out of our cars. Sorry if that was kind of loud. (laughs) Jump out of our cars. We're changing our cop uniforms to EMT uniforms. We walk up, and there's this dude laying in the sidewalk, or laying on the side of the street. You're like, Jason, you're really bad EMT if you can't tell the difference between a sidewalk and just any particular side of the street. And I'm like, shut up! Shut up, knucklehead! We're the three stooges, but there's only two of us. Unless you're listening to this in the group, and then there's like six of us. But anyways, we're walking. We're walking around the the scene, and there's a mangled body underneath a bicycle. 
And I'm like, well, artwork's done. Poke it with a stick. Doesn't move. Nope. Time to go. And you're like, no, no, Jason, no, we have to do the life-saving technique. You actually went to training. I didn't. I was too cool for that. I was sitting in the back of EMT class with my feet up on the feet up on the other guy's desk, my sunglasses on. I'm like, whatever you say, doc, when do I get to bang chicks? And everyone's like, oh, Jason. And the teacher's like, see me after class, Jason. You need to pay more attention to save people's lives. And then I'm banging the teacher. So I didn't do nothing. I didn't learn nothing. You did, nerd. So anyways, I'm wearing a leather EMT jacket. I'm just poking the body with a stick. Come on, let's go to the bar. This body's dead. And you're like, no, I'm going to check the pulse. I mean, to be fair, to go back to the original story, this dude's head is smashed to bits. Let me go back to the actual story now. The Redditor said, we get there and there's just tons of blood. This dude's head is caved in. His, his teeth are all knocked out. His skin's all tore up and stuff like that. And his buddy gets down on the ground and starts checking the pulse of the body. And the guy's like, I'm going to call it in. This guy looks dead. I mean, his head's basically just smushed. It's like someone stepped on a mashed potato. Well, no, mashed potato's already mashed. It's like someone stepped on a baked potato. Pfft. I didn't go to a culinary school either. I don't know the difference between a mashed potato and a baked potato. Anyways, so as they're sitting around, his buddy's taking the pulse. The biker, it should be assumed because there was a bike nearby. <laughs> I was just saying to some random dude, it was a guy on a bike who got hit by a car is how I should have started this. He gets hit by a car and someone reports it in. There's a body there. There's a bike there. The guy jumps up to his feet, turns to us, gets a huge smile on his face and tries to get on his bike. And the two EMTs in real life start wrestling with the guy. And eventually he throws the bike to the ground and takes off through the forest, running the whole way. And the partner turns to the Redditor. So you turn to me. Wait, no, I don't want to be the Redditor. I turn to you. You're the Redditor. And I go, he had no effing pulse, man. So apparently the, the guy was getting his pulse taken. Dude on the ground was getting his pulse taken. There was no pulse. And then he jumped up. And took off into the woods. Now, the EMT says, I don't know what happened to the person. Like, our job kind of ends when the situation ends. A lot of times, it's funny because you think of medical personnel as being on the level of, like, firefighters and police officers. They're, they were gen- tend to work for private corporations. It's not the same. Like, obviously, they're, they're all heroes and they all help each other and help us. I'm not knocking them like that, but I'm saying like firefighters and police departments are managed by, they're pretty much city run things or county run things. EMTs are like, oh, that's a private business. So there's no responsibility to follow, like the police don't have to call the EMT and be like, oh yeah, we found that guy. He was at his grandma's house in the middle of the woods. His brains are coming out of his head. So that is possible. The fact that he had no pulse and he jumped up and ran away makes it a little more spooky. But there are people who suffer uh, horrible injuries and then go into shock and take off running. I remember when I was a kid, my dad told me a story that once he saw a guy get in a really bad motorcycle accident and his helmet cracked open and he said, I could see his brain inside of his skull. And he took off. He started to take off running and we had to like hold him there until the ambulance got there. And I remember going, did he survive? And my dad was like, I don't know. Like, again, he's not going to call the hospital and be like, did that man? It's just something that happened. But it happened like back in the 70s. The guy may not have even been wearing a helmet now that I think about it because it happened so long ago. But if you pick number six, if you pick number six, one day you're going to be riding your bike and you get home fine. No problem. They're not going to have you hit by a car because that's gruesome. 
Instead, you're going to walk into your house. And you're sitting there reading the newspaper. Because apparently it's 1984 and people still read the newspaper. You got a pipe in your mouth. And you hear a pssst. It's not the sound of someone who's pouring a can of Sprite. Delicious, delicious Sprite. It's the sound of glass breaking. Still sounds like Sprite. But anyways, you get up. You put your newspaper down. Put on your slippers. Put on your house slippers. And you see your back window busted open. And you're like, oh, that's horrible. The insurance uh, paper alone is going to be. And then while you're thinking about that, because you're a nerd, you think about insurance stuff, you see a a figure dart to the left. And then dart to the right. You're like, okay, obviously someone's in here. It must be my insurance adjuster already here to work on the window. But you're wrong. As you're looking for the cause of the break-in, behind you, you smell the unmistakable smell of recently exposed human brains. You're like, I haven't smelled that smell since last week. And you turn around, and behind you will be a man with a busted open head, no teeth, a wide smile. And he looks at you and he goes, let's go for a ride. And then for the rest of eternity, he's riding a bicycle and you have to sit on <laughs> you have to sit on the handlebars of his broken bicycle as he rides through neighborhoods constantly getting hit by cars. And you're like, "No. Let's go ahead. I'm I think I know I know I I I it sucks when I have to do this, but this episode is running extremely long. I might have to get rid of a number here. I think I'm going to get rid of number two. It's actually, I'm going to save number two for its own segment. Because number two actually is a really interesting one. I was originally going to have it end out this episode, but we're going to save it for its own episode. So if you pick number two, just save it, save it. But now pick a number between, no, not between. You can pick either five or three. Because if you pick number two, you simply just have to wait. You sit in a void. No, 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 no. I'm never going to give you that option. Because then you just go like, well, I picked number two, so nothing bad happened to me. You have to pick five or three. You have to. Do it. So now we're going back to one of these Reddit stories. Where we have a person named I Hate Arizona. Saying they're a 911 dispatcher. And they have these experiences. So. We're going to change out of our EMT outfits. I'm going to keep my leather jacket, though, because it's pretty dope. Look at Oh, man, it really makes my arms look thick. Look at my shoulders. You're like, Jason, whatever, dude. And so anyways, we're walking, and we got to put on 9-11. I don't know why I've been saying that recently. It's 9-1-1. There was a time when people were saying dial 9-11, and people, especially children, were having a hard time finding the number 11 on the phone. As their mom's dying, and they're like, there's no 11, which makes sense for a kid. I never get tired. I never get tired of stories about little kids saving people. I always think those are so adorable. I never get tired of stories about people saving people in general. Sometimes I'll just watch YouTube videos of like people saving lives, people lifting cars off of people and things like that. But like when you hear about like six-year-old saves three-year-old's life, I'm like, oh. Or puppies saving people, all that stuff. Find that super adorable. <clears throat> Anyways, I have a story about that. I'll I'll share it another time. But anyways, so where was it going? Oh yeah, so we're walking into the nine eleven. Damn it, we're walking into the nine one one dispatcher office. 
And we walk in there, and they're like, hey, you guys must be the new recruits. I, I'm not a recruit. I am a veteran. This is the recruit, as I point my thumb at you. This guy, this guy right here, this is a recruit. He doesn't have this cool leather jacket. So because we're new there, we're going to be taking the same calls, okay? We start, we're there, we're going to be here for a couple weeks. So we're going to have to get a place together. We're going to have to get an apartment. And I get the top bunk. You're like, Jason, we can just get separate rooms. I get the top bunk. So we get a two-bedroom apartment, but both bedrooms have bunk beds in them. And whatever bedroom you're in, I'm always sleeping in the top bunk. It's like Schrodinger's bunk. Like, you don't know, no matter which room you pick, I'm at the top bunk. Am I on both top bunks at the same time? You don't know. You won't know until you open that door and find out which bunk I'm on. But I'm always on the bunk on top of you. Because over a few weeks, this Redditor says that they were getting phone calls from from somebody they called Mr. Blue. Not his real name. He's not a superhero. He's not a member of the Mr. Happy family. What were those names of those giant head people? They, they were like giant circle. I think it was Mr. Happy's, right? They were just a circle with legs and arms. And there's like Mr. Happy and Mr. Sad and Mr. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the name of those guys were. He's not one of those. He's an actual human being. And Mr. Blue is just a pseudonym. And every night he would call up. And we're getting this phone call. 911, what's your emergency? Yeah, um... I got the doll problem again, guys. It's Mr. Blue. I know you're calling me that behind my back. I'm okay with it. My toes and my fingers are kind of blue at this point. But I got the doll problem again. We're like, well, Mr. Blue, you've called us quite a few times about the doll problem. Why don't you tell us one more time what the doll problem is? Well, you see, at night, the dolls get up and they walk around. My wife's dolls, by the way. These aren't just dolls that are coming from neighbors' houses. I'm not at a KB toy store. The dolls, my wife has been collecting dolls, and they they walk around. Okay, that's pretty creepy, sir. Well, we can send out a unit. No, 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 it's fine. I just want you guys to know about the dolls. Okay, Mr. Blue, have a good night. Good night. Good night, sirs. Click. And I turn to you. And I go, well, here's the thing. If you look right here in our 911 system, it says that he has dementia. So we're going to assume that this guy is just nuts. The dolls aren't actually walking around. And I turn back to my workstation and then I go, did you just pee your pants, dude? And you're like, yes, dude, dolls scare me so badly. I hate these phone calls. Can I please get another job? Every night he calls and talks about the dolls. I'm like, no, dude. Get a grip. There's no such thing as haunted dolls. The dolls, it's impossible for an inanimate object to walk around on its own. It's flat out impossible. This guy called in every night saying that his dolls, his wife's dolls were walking around. And then we get a report that there's been a death at his house. His wife has passed away. And that's when we start getting a new set of calls. 911, what's your emergency? The the dolls. The dolls. They took my wife. Look over at you. Puddle already appearing. What, sir, you're Mr. Blue? Yes. Yes. My wife used to be here. But the dolls took her. They took her away from me. They kidnapped her and they won't bring her back. I want my wife back. I want my wife back. You want us to send some deputies out? Please. They can help me find my wife, right? 
and they can stop the dolls. They will definitely send some deputies out. Me and you are looking at each other. A little more serious this time. Yeah, Mr. Blue, yeah, we'll send some deputies out. Now, this was a nightly thing. He would make these phone calls. Calling about the dolls, chasing him around. He's walking with his walker. Little dolls are chasing him. He's like hanging on the chandelier. They're like have little forks getting ready to poke him. Get out of my house, Dagnabbit. But once his wife passed away, the calls became a little creepier because he's believing that the dolls took his wife. And then, to make things even scarier, one day we're listening in on the phone call. This is from the Reddit post, but now it's us because it's more dynamic. We're listening on the uh, 911 call. We're getting the call. 911, what's your emergency? There's a man in my couch. What? There's a man in my couch. And he's laughing at me. He's laughing at me. He's living in my couch and he won't go away and he won't stop laughing. You want us to send a deputy out? Yes. Maybe he can stop the laughing. Now, obviously, this can all be chalked up to... Oh, wait, let me end the call first. Click. Turn to you. Obviously, this can all be chalked up to dementia. It's because we have, like, this idea of dolls being creepy, which I don't think they're creepy, but dolls being creepy. Paranormal beliefs in in the beginning. This guy lives in the middle of the desert. It's Arizona. The whole place is in the middle of the desert. Has all these creepy elements, but... The Redditor also posts this. 911, what's your emergency? I'm snapping my fingers. Get over here. It's that it's Mr. Blue again. Get down. Get the get the headphones on. You're like, damn it, you're wearing a diaper this time. I'm like, just get down. 911, what's your emergency? It's the dolls. It's the dolls. They're still running around. They're still doing their thing. They won't bring my wife back. Well, sir, what? Is there anything? <laughs> Mr. Blue shushes us. And then we hear a In the background. Mr. Blue, is there someone there with you? Yes, there's someone there with me. Listen, it's the dolls. You have to send somebody. You have to send somebody, please. They won't. Leave me alone. The Redditor I Hate Arizona says that sometimes he would be shushed. And you could hear the pitter-patter of little feet running in the background. That is most likely not true. It's actually physically impossible. It's po- I would believe more likely it was a ghost making the sound of a little footprint than an actual doll being able to move its legs in, an, in a fashion like that. But anyways, the Redditor doesn't ask, actually say, yes, I know for sure there were little, little, little dolls running around, but it sounded sometimes they, Mr. Blue would shush me and it would sound like dolls running around. Eventually, though... The calls stopped coming in, and the 911 operator has no idea what happened to Mr. Blue. But, if you picked number five, you do. If you picked number five, one day you're sitting at home, and you hear the pitter-patter of little feet behind you. And then you remember you have a puppy. You're like, oh, come here, Jules. I'm petting your puppy. Not a doll. Was not a doll. But that night, when you're sleeping in bed, and you, you, your stomach starts to hurt. You're like, oh, my stomach. What's, oh, why does my stomach hurt so much? And you get up, you hop off your bed to go to the bathroom, and you walk into the bathroom, and you're like, that's weird. I can't reach the doorknob. The door is so high. 
Oh, and also my arms are plastic. Oh no! And you're looking down and you can see your fingers slowly become plastic and little plastic fingernails and they become hard and crunchy. You're like, no! And you're shrinking and you're becoming a plastic little doll. Basically, you're turning into a doll similar to my haunted doll, Veronica, which I'll do an update on shortly. But you shrink down and now you're a little doll. And then, bing, you're teleported to an old man's house on the edge of forever. Just desert surrounding it for miles and miles. Stark Arizona night sky permanently fixed over this house. A hellish dimension, if you will. And you're just a doll in a collection sitting there. And there's this old man with dementia walking around the apartment, constantly babbling about the dolls following him and them kidnapping his wife and how he can stop them and he doesn't know what to do. And you're sitting there trapped in this doll body. And every night he walks into the doll collection room and he goes, why are you following me? Why are you following me? But you realize that none of the dolls move. You're all just stuck there, posed in perfect position forever. And you also realize that the other dolls around you are people as well, trapped in this form. And every so often, Mr. Blue comes in and he's so infuriated about being followed by you guys that he grabs a doll at random and destroys it, pulls the arms off, Cuts the body open. And as he does that, real life flesh and blood pours from these dolls. And then he throws them in a heap in a corner, broken and abused. And he leaves the room. And you can see them from where you're at. You can see their eyes still hold life, still hold human thought. They're not dead. Just an eternal broken pain. If you pick number five, you stand there as a doll, not able to move, not able to react, knowing at some point Mr. Blue will come into the room and at random choose you for eternal torture. Dun, dun, dun! How's that for a Halloween? How's that for a Halloween episode? But we still got one more. We still got one more. I don't think I'm going to be able to top that, though. I really should go out on top. But we picked one more. I'm like, oh, if you pick number three, you're number five. We got one more case to investigate here. This is also, we're going to end it with another uh, Reddit post here. So hop back into the Jason Jalopy. If you're you're a little doll person, we have to help you up. I don't know why you're heavy. You're a doll. You weigh nothing. I'm just going to put you in the car. And then, um, actually, no, you're trapped at the old man's house. You don't even get out. Sorry, guys. You're trapped there forever. We are going to, this place has no location. So we're just going to say... This one takes place in your hometown. So we're in your hometown. We're driving around. You're like, oh, that's the park where I had my first Yu-Gi-Oh! battle. And I used my Millennial Medallion. And I beat off the Dark Magician. Beat off the... Yeah, you beat off the Dark Magician, all right. You're like, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that. We're going. We're driving around your neighborhood. And you're like, I really don't want you to know where I live, Jason. And I was like, no, no. We're going to find out. I'm pulling you up in the database. I'm like, oh, there you live. I'm writing it down on a slip of paper, putting it in my pocket. I'll be visiting you later, jerk. You're like, what? I've been totally nice to you this whole episode. The whole world's mean to Jason. Jason's going to get his revenge. You're like, what are you talking about? You always say things are going great for you. Yeah. Yeah, the facade is becoming too much to keep up. Honking at people in traffic. Get out of the way. Get out. You're like, dude, you're a cop. You can just turn your siren on. I'm like, oh, yeah. Driving around. So 
we're in this dude's <clears throat> we're cops so we get a call Shh, unit 91 unit 91 why don't you go to this house it's a very unprofessional police department very they don't use the right call signs they just tell people to go to your house oh yes yes i'll go to that house let's go <laughs> driving around now this is from a reddit user named smw2102 so we jump in to this <laughs> we jump in <clears throat> We go into this guy's house, but since I already said the original version, we're going to get a trampoline. There's an open door that we can go through, but I pull out a trampoline. You're like, Jason, you really don't have to take things so literally. You just told me I beat off a dark magician. And now, boing, boing, we jump, woo, and we land in the uh, second story roof. Break through the roof. Now, there's a real medical crisis going on downstairs. There's a serious problem, but instead I wanted to do that. And now I'm like, oh, man, I put a hole in the roof. I'm repairing the roof. You're like, Jason, just do what you're supposed to do. You're a cop. I'm like, we can't leave this open. What if raccoons? So I make you sit there and sand wood down. I'm like measuring stuff. There's screaming going on downstairs. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, measure twice, cut once, cutting stuff. Anyways, we've repaired the roof. We walk downstairs. Now, this is what's going on downstairs. There's this dude flipping out. Uh, uh, he's been flipping out for like four hours at this point because we were repairing the roof Uh, and the mom's like i don't know what to do listen my son he's on some sort of drug he's totally flipping out he's uh, he's like 20 years old flipping out Uh, well okay that's a lot of detail ma'am by the way did you know that you have a termite problem we discovered a couple nests when we were fixing your roof and she's like what are you first off how did you guys come downstairs like that was weird but no, no, forget the termite problem. Forget the termites, okay? He's saying that there's a man hanging in his bedroom. Now, my son's really, really into drugs. And I'm kind of concerned that there might be. I don't want to go in there. Guy, son's like, I'm assuming he's a tweaker. It says that he, um, of an unknown drug. But I'm pretty sure I know what drug it is. It's probably meth. And he's like, ah, picking at his skin, picking at his skin in the corner. And, I, and we walk over to him, we're like, hey, son, what's going on? And he's like, dad? And I'm like, no, son is a figure of speech. He's like, "Oh." And then we go, listen, dude, it, what's going on? He's like, there's a man in my room. There's a man in my room. He's hanging. He's hanging. I don't want to go in there. There's a man in there. And he's he has the uniform. The uniform, he's dressed like a soldier man. You know, soldier. Ten hut, a ten hut soldier, soldier person. <laughs> I don't know why he's Rain Man. Doing meth doesn't turn you into a cross between a bad Joker impression and Rain Man. But apparently, that's what happened to this guy. So we're standing around. We're getting really annoyed by having to talk to this guy. I can't stand talking to meth addicts. I've had a lot of experience talking to meth addicts over my life, and they were really, really annoying. We're standing. That's my. That's my. If I pick number five or whatever, I'd be a doll trapped in a house with a meth addict. Um... He's, we were like, okay, I'm totally just like, whatever, dude. And you're like, more compassionate. And you're like, no, sir, tell us more. Talk very loudly in Jason's ear about your experiences. Because now you have the power to get back at me. And the man stands up. He gets right in my face. I can smell the meth coming off of him. I can smell the formaldehyde coming off of his skin. There's a man with a uniform in my in my room. And he's hanging. He's hanging. Fine. Let's go check it out. So... We walk into his room, and it's filthy, disgusting, absolutely gross, as you would expect the room of a drug addict to be. 
No hanging man, though. So meth-induced delusion, some sort of drug-induced delusion. We walk up, we tell the mom, well, luckily, no, there isn't a real human being hanging in your son's bedroom. Unluckily, your son has a horrible drug problem. He's having psychosis right now. We should take him in. We should take him in. So we call up some backup. And I'm like, we need some backup here. We're going to escort this guy down. We're going to do some evidence collection here because there's a lot of drugs. And also, if you have a sawhorse, that'd be great. Because I saw a lot of uh, pipe work I wanted to fix in their attic. Wanted to do something. They're like, what are you talking about? We're no more home improvements. But we'll send out someone else. So a another police car pulls up. And one of the guys he gets out of that police car, one of the assisting officers, is a veteran. He's been there longer than me. Because you know how long I've been with the police force. So anyways, this veteran, this is all according to the Reddit post. The veteran comes up and says, what's going on, officers? And I was like, oh, well, you know, this. I just told him the story I just told you. And he's like, oh, yes, yes, very interesting. And he pulls us aside. He goes, hey, mom, stay over there. Stay over there. I want to talk to these cops. And we go into the room and the veteran cop says, you want to hear a weird story? We're like, of course. We're listening to Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm recording it. And he's listening to it, so yes. The veteran goes, here, have a seat in this filthy, filthy bedroom. And we're like, no, nah, we'd rather stand. And the cop's like, yeah, I was trying to trick you into sitting down on human poop, which is everywhere. But here's the actual story. I came to this house years ago, and there was a man who committed suicide in this room. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, a man committed suicide in this room. He was an elderly World War II veteran. And he hung himself wearing his uniform. We look at each other, and then we kind of look around the room, see where a good place would be to hang yourself, and we realize that it's right in between where the three of us are standing, so we all kind of move away, walk out of the room, and then I push you back in, and I shut the door, and you're like, let me out, let me out, let me out, and me and the veteran police officer chuckle, we're like, ah, oh, rookies, you're like, no, no, let me out, let me out. You know, meth psychosis, really sort of any drug psychosis, a lot of times people think, it breaks down the veil. This is not a endorsement of these type of drugs. People are like, oh, dude, I really want a paranormal experience. What if I do crack? No, that's not the way it works. But it's possible that this place did have a haunting that just plays out all the time. But when your mind... Uh, sorry, leg cramp. But when your mind is in the right mental state i.e. completely blitzed off drugs, it may be more common to see these things. Meth psychosis, a lot of times people see demons, DMT, people see clockwork, elves, acid, mushrooms, any sort of drug that kind of alters your state. Really, almost all drugs alter your state of perception. Opioids, not so much, but like marijuana kind of changes the way your brain patterns think and all that. So anyways, any of those drugs can, people think, help you see these things. I If they can... There, that's not a good way to see these things. Meditation or focusing or whatever would probably be a more healthy way to try to see the paranormal. But it is possible that there was a haunting here that was playing all the time. This guy's drug-induced psychosis allowed him to see it. Or it's possible that it was just a drug-induced psychosis. And the Redditor says, I thought as a rational person that when they bought the home, when that family, the mom and the son, moved into the home, that the realtor said, hey, an old man hung himself in this bedroom. I doubt that. But as a as a skeptic, that's what the Redditor was saying. She may have known this information and the son may have known this information. 
And that's why he had that vision, because he already knew someone in an army uniform hung himself. But uh, it's unlikely, but possible. That's far more possible than an actual ghost hanging. But let's get to the meat of the matter. If you picked number three, all of a sudden you're teleported to World War II. (laughs) Run, people! Soldiers, over that hill! And you're like, oh no, this is totally weird. You like jump up and you're in the body of a World War II dude running around, just a normal human in World War II. There's nothing special about you. You're running around, shooting Nazis. Oh, my guts. I mean, ah, mine guts. Shooting, fighting your way through Germany. You're riding a tank. You get to Germany and you win. Yay, you win the war. Spoiler alert America wins. Well, technically. America, Britain, France, and a couple other people. But we all know the truth. America wins World War II. Yay! Russia kind of helped. Didn't do much. You know, just kind of slackers, really. Uh, that's the way history looks at them. A bunch of slackers. Lost, like, maybe a thousand people of themselves. Killed maybe 500 Nazis. It wasn't a big deal on the Eastern Front. But the Western Front, USA! USA! You come back to the United States. You meet some blonde Betty. She actually looks like Blondie from the comic strip Blondie and Dagwood, which is a really hot woman. Has the little curlers in her hair, smoking a cigarette. Hey, veteran, why don't you come over here? Kiss her on the subway, apparently. You just kiss her. You fall in love with her. You're a baby boomer. You guys end up having three beautiful little kids. Aw, so cute. And you end up working at a job. You get an entry-level job. You work, you work really, really hard at that job, and you get promoted to manager. And then you get promoted from manager to director, and then you started off, you were fighting in the trenches, not literally, because there are no trenches, you were fighting in the fields of World War II as a young 20-year-old man. You got married, worked your way up from the first company you worked for. You are now running that company. You are now CEO because people saw your pluck, your determination. Didn't matter about your college degree. Didn't matter about your connections. You were in an era of American society where you could start off at the bottom and end up at the top. You are a CEO of a company because you were the best employee they ever had. You end up retiring from that company. What a great life. You're surrounded by your kids, your grandkids, but your body's starting to get old. And you know it's time say goodbye. So you walk out into your vast estate that you've purchased with your money, with your wealth that you've earned through hard work and determination. You sit down next to your wife and you look out at the sunset and you go, I don't think I'm going to survive another day. And she's like, no, please stay with me. And you're like, no. And then I realized that a good portion of my audience is is women. I have actually gotten a good portion. So if I just, that's, it's the, um, it's the expectation of your own gender. Sorry. So if, I just realized that, I have a lot of women listeners. So, it's, if you are a woman, everything's reversed. <laughs> no, 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 you're still, you're the first woman fighting World War II. They make a Battlefield video game about you. You end up becoming the first female CEO. It's all the same stuff. Just the word first female is in front of everything I said. And you're married to... Uh, a, a really hot buff dude. Really hot buff dude. So, I don't... <laughs> there's no comic strip. <laughs> You're married. <laughs> You're married to uh, that dude from Garfield. What is his name? Jim. That's who you're married to. But anyways, 
Was that his name? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's nothing to do with the story. Anyways, so man or woman, you are married to a comic strip character. You have the perfect life. World War II veteran. And you're sitting there on your vast estate and you go, I think tonight is the last night I have on Earth. And then you die surrounded by loved ones. You lived a great life. The end. So if you pick number three, you win. So you won. You won the game. Jason, that's not really spooky. You got people turning into dolls. I mean, come on, dude. I'm a World War II veteran who ended life successfully. I thought I'm not going to turn into a hanging ghost or I'm not going to become a meth addict or something like that. No, no. Because sometimes, sometimes, the spookiest thing is the thing we can never have. Because in a world of the paranormal, in a world of killer dolls, monsters in the closet, and beasts ready to rip us limb from limb, a peaceful death is something none of us are allowed to have anymore. So before you go out on Halloween, before that sun sets and that darkness starts, make sure you're prepared for the real monsters out there that will do anything they can to keep you from having a peaceful, beautiful death. Monsters. Monsters in the darkness. Monster vision, they're following you. Right now, if you're listening to it, there's a monster behind you. If you're back to a wall, it's coming out of the wall. I'm totally fine. I'm driving my car. Nope. There's a little ghost kid underneath underneath your car. Not underneath your car. He's underneath your seat and little hands are reaching out right now to grab your foot and push it onto the gas pedal. I'm not worried about it. I'm on a swing set. There's totally fine. Nope. There's a little ghost kid pushing you. You're like, that's nice. That's No, he's pushing you off. Uh, I'm not scared. I'm laying in bed. Yes. And right behind you right now is a ghost walking up behind you. And you're like, that's fine. I'm not laying. I'm laying on my back. I don't worry about it. Well, then there's like two arms coming out of both sides of your bed. Razor sharp claws. You're like, Jason, are you just going to keep... Keep listening off spooky stuff. I'm in the shower listening to this episode. Ooh, sexy. Watching your body get all soapy and the sponge moving all over the curves of your body. But then uh, there's just there's just me sitting on the toilet watching you shower. You're like, no. Have a safe, have a safe, happy Halloween, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Dead Rabbit Radio. Even when stuff gets insane like this. I have a great time recording it. I hope you guys have a great time listening to it. I will see you again Monday. I'm going to take a three-day weekend. If you guys join the live stream, I'll see you there. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. But I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a happy Halloween, and I will see you soon.